0: Ross Tucker football podcast. It is a teaching tutorial Thursday with Professor Greg Cosell from NFL Films University in the house. Got to get Greg's thoughts not only on the Super Bowl having watched the coaching tape but also some of these coaching moves around the NFL. We're always presented by DraftKings. This is actually our last show of the week because we are in off-season mode. So If you're missing us tomorrow on Friday, listen to the college draft or even money or fantasy feast, all of which were excellent this week. And if you haven't given them a try, I'd appreciate it if you did. Or if you have, maybe give them a second chance. I think you'll really enjoy the other content that we are putting out. Kind of makes this a finish strong Thursday and a winner's Thursday. So I'll announce the winners a little bit later in the show. Because I don't like to mess around on a, on a Greg day. I like to get right to him. It's Big Show time. The Big Show. All right, Greg. I think you know what my first question is going to be. Check out Greg on social media, by the way, at Greg Cosell always. So you know anytime he's providing content anywhere, he does do other shows. I wish he didn't, but I don't pay him enough to only do my show. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I understand. Look, I'm the last person in the world that can talk about uh, not doing other shows. But no, Greg does a bunch of radio stations and Colin Coward, and he's everywhere. He does an awesome job. Um, all right, Greg, blank canvas.
1: <laughs>
0: oh, overall thoughts from the Super Bowl. What jumped out to you? What uh,
1: What interested you the most? What do you got? I mean, that's a very wide open question, but I'll start this way. I was really fascinated by what the Chiefs did starting the second half. They were down 24-14, and, you know, I think most would have thought, hey, this now needs to be a Patrick Mahomes game. This needs to be, hey, Mahomes is going to drop back. They're going to throw it all over the yard. They've got the best quarterback in football, and it's time for Patrick Mahomes. That's not the way it played out at all. In fact, Andy Reid, as you know, he really came out. He came out with what we've talked about all year, multiple tight end personnel sets. They ran the football. Their run game was as multiple as it's been all season long in terms of the concepts that they deployed. Um, Mahomes was efficient but not spectacular, obviously made that 26-yard run on the final drive, which was a spectacular play. But it was not really a Patrick Mahomes game in the way we think of Patrick Mahomes and the way we expect it to be Patrick Mahomes. And I thought that that was really fascinating. And in fact, even the passing game was really highly schemed, much more than, hey, Patrick, you go out and be Patrick. So given the score and the fact that they were behind by more than a score – I really found that interesting. What did they do, if
0: anything, differently in the second half than they did in the first half? So, in the first half, four possessions, seven points for the Chiefs offensively. Second half, four possessions, could have had four touchdowns if that's what they wanted.
1: Right. I don't know. You know, keep in mind, they only ran 20 plays in the first half. And six of them came on that opening drive where they moved the ball fairly easily, ending with the touchdown to Kelsey. So I don't know if they necessarily, you know, it's always hard to know because we don't know what was said at halftime and it's a longer halftime. So we don't know if they did anything that they That was different than what they really wanted to do, Ross. It's just that they only ran 20 plays. They hardly had the football. The Eagles ran 44 offensive plays in the first half. And that was the other point I was going to make when you gave me a clean slate, is this was clearly a, a Jalen Hurts game. The coaching staff clearly decided that Jalen Hurts would be the player that everything would revolve around. The Eagles had 44 plays in the first half which, as you know, is an incredibly high number for one half of football. Hurts had 22 throws and 10 designed runs, not scrambles, 10 designed runs. So 32 of their 44 plays in the first half were Jalen Hurts. So the Eagles basically said this is not a run game. I mean, obviously, there's a Hertz run game. Uh, But this is not going to be a Miles Sanders run game. This is not going to be a Kenny Gainwell run game. This is Jalen Hurts. He is going to be the player that we we, we live and die with. And obviously, Hurts played at a really, really high level. But to me, that was pretty remarkable that 32 of the 44 plays in the first half were Jalen Hurts plays.
0: You know, just listening to you talk, Greg, and obviously the fumble return for a touchdown was a huge play. We all recognize that. But it really is remarkable that the Chiefs came back, because you would have thought, especially on defense, that they would really have worn down, and that the second half, the Eagles could have taken advantage of that 44 snaps in the first half. Um, I want to get to the Eagles' defense in the second half. What did you see from them in terms of straight rush versus blitz, in terms of coverage because it did feel like the chiefs receivers were pretty open it didn't feel like there were a ton of really contested catches
1: no and this was a kind of a clinic by the chiefs in the use of motion um they used formation motion play design that's how they got receivers open um They ran the ball, okay? That's really critical here. They came out and they ran the ball, and they did it often out of multiple tight end sets. So the Eagles at times played with their base 5-2 front, and their base 5-2 front did not do a very good job stopping the run. So with the the run game element and the use of personnel in motion, the Eagles' pass rush really was not a factor in the game. Keep in mind the Eagles lived this entire season off sacks and turnovers. They would get ahead in the second half and they would rush the quarterback and teams would have to be one-dimensional. The Chiefs clearly made a decision, even though they were down by more than one score, that we had plenty of time, we're not going to be one-dimensional, we're not going to make this... a a Patrick Mahomes drop back every snap game. We're not going to put our offensive tackles Wiley and Brown in a position where they have to pass protect one-on-one versus Redick and Sweat because that's a mismatch that favors the Eagles. So they chose not to do that. And then when they did throw, they made it a point to help Wiley in particular on Reddick. They did not want that one-on-one matchup to be a deciding factor in the game. So it was the way the Chiefs came out in the second half that helped to, to minimize and negate how the Eagles had done their work all season long.
0: Yeah, I think um, probably the most disappointing thing, and, and you know, living around there, that Jonathan Gannon, somewhat a, of a polarizing figure in Philadelphia for whatever reason. Um, I guess my frustration would be, Greg, they didn't really – They didn't really do a very good job of slowing down either, either the pass game or the run game. In other words, like, okay, if you're going to allow them to run the ball on you a little bit, you'd think the pass defense would be better or vice versa. You know, stop the run and try to make the Chiefs one-dimensional. They really didn't do a very good job of that. They really didn't stop either in the second half.
1: No, and it's not because they weren't trying. Like I said, they played in their base 5-2 front. Their run fits were not really good. The interior of their D-line got moved in the run game. Um, you know, they played Jordan Davis a number. He did not play one snap in the first half, but he played, I believe, nine or ten snaps in the second half, and he got moved. He was not a factor in the run game. Um, and as I said, when you combine that with the run fits, uh, they struggled to stop the run. And with the, a lot of the quick game throws and the formations and the motions, you um, you know the the Eagles defense could never really gain any traction and uh you know they the Chiefs kind of made it difficult but you know when that happens then individual players have to be able to win individual matchups and that didn't happen for the Eagles
0: what um what did you see
1: coverage wise from them uh Greg the Eagles in the second half I mean, they mix it like they always do. They mix man and zone. Um, you know, they, they, look, they're a coverage-based team. They're not a high-percentage blitz team, and I, I I don't believe in this game. You know, when, when they're in their five-man defensive front and they rush five, I don't view that as a, a blitz, Ross. I don't know how you feel about it, but if it's a five-man defensive front and all five rush, I don't view that as a blitz. Um, but the Eagles did not rush a linebacker or a defensive back in this game. I'm almost certain of that. So they stayed with what had – had been their calling card all the year you know you know from having played it's very difficult for a coach in the middle of a game you know here you've done something all year long and been the best in the league at it when do you change or do you just say you know what we're eventually going to do what we've done all year at a really high level you know obviously because they lost the game I'm sure fans are saying oh Gannon should have adjusted blah 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 but you know what They led the league in sacks. They had the third highest sack total in the history of the game since they started recording sacks. Uh, This is the way they played all year and were really, really good at it. And they had the lead at halftime, which has been the case most of the season. So, you know, it's it's always easy now after the fact, but I think the Chiefs' offensive approach really minimized what the Eagles do well. When you watch the coaching tape,
0: Greg – how much of a factor was footing in the game? Uh, how many guys did you see falling? Yeah. You know, obviously we we can only see what the cameras show us. How, how much of an issue was it looking back
1: on the coaching tape? I thought for both teams, it was a factor. I mean, I noticed it quite a bit. And normally those are the kinds of things I don't really spend a lot of time on and notice, but it was noticeable. And of course the field was the same for both teams, but, you know, I think, because the Eagles wanted to generate pass rush in the second half, I think it became a factor there because they really couldn't generate pass rush. You saw guys slipping, um, you know. So, yeah, I think it was a factor for both teams. It's hard to quantify that, Ross, as you know, but it was clear. You mentioned the amount of um,
0: touches that Hurts had in the first half, Greg. You know, I, I might even be more impressed by some of the throws he made in the second half, a couple yeah. of Goddard in tight windows, which were yeah. great catches by Goddard. Uh, the one to Quez Watkins against the Blitz. Ah. You know, honestly, Greg, it's about as good as I've seen him play, I think. I, mean, I think he might have
1: played his best or one of his best games in the Super Bowl. You could argue that that throw to Watkins may have been his best throw of the game, you know, because was um, that was zero. Um, And I think that was the first time they win zero, I I believe. That was second and nine on their first third quarter possession, Ross. Um, Bolton was the spy on Hertz, which was something they did as a clear game plan uh, tactic. Bolton was a spy five or six snaps in this game. um, And he saw an opening, so Bolton rushed through the open A gap. Um, Hertz made an unbelievable throw under pressure to Watkins versus Thornhill on the post. But Watkins could not make the catch. It was a big, big-time throw. He made a number of big-time throws in this game. You know, Hertz played at a high level, and I think you really saw, you know, the impact on a defense that the Hertz run game has. And and just even in the pass game, because Bolton was a spy. You know, teams have to defend that. Um, and I think that that's really an an important factor for what Hertz brings to the table. And when he makes throws like he did in this game then he's really, really difficult to defend.
0: Yeah, I thought, um, you know, there's always going to be a question of can he do
1: it in a big spot against the Mahomes type? Well, I mean, he, he did. did. I yeah. mean, they scored 35 points, you know, and they didn't have a defensive touchdown. So, you know, Hertz played at, at, a, at a high level in this game.
0: Greg, I want to transition. And by the way, it should be noted, um, Greg's not going anywhere. And starting next week, we'll dive into the draft series with Greg. Maybe we'll even talk about some of the players that Greg is looking forward to seeing at the Combine. Um, So we'll dive into that next week for sure. But I want to get into some of these coaching changes. Let's start with Shane Steichen going to the Indianapolis Colts. You know, for Colts fans that listen to the show or watch youtube.com slash Ross Tucker NFL. What what should they know about Steichen? What do you know or what have you seen from Steichen over the
1: years? Well, I think, you know, he has a very interesting background because obviously he's been with the Eagles and Jalen Hurts and he was with the Chargers prior to that with Phillip Rivers, two totally different kinds of quarterbacks and two you know, somewhat different, obviously, systems because of the nature of the quarterback. So, you know, I don't think he's beholden. For people who think, oh, they're looking for a Jalen Hurts type quarterback, they may be. But the point is, Shane Steichen has experience with others as well. Um, and, and he may have been, I'm trying to think, was he with Andrew Luck? That I don't know. But the point is, he has, he has experience with multiple kinds of quarterbacks and multiple systems. So, Obviously, they need a quarterback. Uh, My guess is they're going to draft one. We'll see how all that plays out. We don't know how the draft will play out. You know, they don't pick first unless they want to make a trade. Um, But, you know, I think that, you know, the fact that he has multiple systems in his background is a real positive for the Colts.
0: Right. And I would say, um, you know, I guess they say midway through the 2021 season, he took over play calling from Sirianni. They went very run heavy, had a lot of success the second half of 21. And then, you know, like you, Greg, I watch every snap the Eagles play. Maybe with the exception of like the Saints game when Minshew a quarterback, boy, it felt like he was usually ahead of the defense and, you know, they got a really talented team. They got a good team. We've talked about the different options they have in the RPO, but I was impressed, especially early in games. Yeah, they would come out and just go right down the field, Greg. Yeah. I mean, and he's, um,
1: that, you know, that's he's Hertz pretty factor. impressive. Yeah, the Hertz factor allows you to do so much offensively that puts defenders in conflicts and makes them tough to defend. You know, depending on who they're quarter. obviously, let's say it's Will Levis, and none of us have any idea right now, but obviously, Will Levis can't do what Hertz does. If it's CJ Stroud, he can't do what Hertz does. So you know the fact that he does have experience in multiple systems will be very helpful, depending on who their quarterback is. It's interesting you say that about Levis because he's not as fast as Hurts, but Levis can run. Oh no, but I mean I don't think that I don't think that you again. And I watched Levis last summer. I have not seen him yet from his 2022 film, um, but I don't think he's Jalen Hurts in terms of how you structure an offense. Interesting. What
0: about Jonathan Gannon in Arizona, Greg? Um,
1: You know, just curious your thoughts, having watched him the last couple of years in Philadelphia. Well, yeah, I know Philly fans probably disagree, but Jonathan Gannon is a highly respected young football mind in this league. Um, You know, I I don't know him personally. So, uh, you know, all we have is is what he did in Philly um, as far as, you know, just running a defense. And as I said, I'm sure Philly fans probably don't think a whole lot of them these days, but, you know, he's a very respected guy. Their defense was bad in Arizona. I don't know if they hired him for that reason, or I don't know if they hired him because they, he thinks he's one of, they think he's an up and coming young coach who, who's going to, you know, really put together a really good overall team. Um, So I don't have any, you know, great thoughts on him beyond the fact that I know he's highly respected um, just the way Brandon Staley is. You know, they happen to be really close friends. They're two young guys that are really respected in the coaching industry. Um,
0: What do you remember about Todd Munkin when he was in the NFL, Greg? Uh, Last time he was in the NFL, it was with the Jameis Winston Bucks, 17 and 18. They were top 10 in the league on offense both those years he went to college, obviously got a heck of a lot out of Stetson Bennett and the Georgia Bulldogs winning the national championship the last couple of years. Any thoughts for Ravens fans on what, what they can expect from Monk in there in
1: Baltimore? Well, I think the number one thing is what the offense is going to look like. They had a unique offense under Greg Roman, which was clearly geared to what they believed Lamar Jackson's skill set was. Um, It'll be interesting to see if Todd Munkin, who does have, again, a pretty multiple background, Jameis Winston is totally different than Lamar Jackson. At, at Georgia, they ran kind of pro stuff, you know, cause Georgia ran the football. They would line up and run the football. Um, they were not as they had spread elements as every college team does because you have to, because of where the hash marks are. So you're silly not to take advantage of that. Um, but they, they were not one of those air raid, just spread it out, toss it all over the yard offenses. Um, so the question becomes, what do they think of Lamar Jackson? Does the offense stay relatively the same? Or at this point, do they say with Lamar Jackson, okay, we're going to run what would be considered a little more of a traditional, conventional offense with the passing game? And we don't know the answer to that. And and I don't know the answer to that, Ross, but I'll be very curious to see that. Yeah,
0: um, I bet I bet Lamar Jackson is too, you know? But he's really interested to see what they're thinking uh, in Baltimore moving forward. Check him out on social media, at Greg Cosell. We do a draft series every year. It's really, really popular. We'll start that in some way, shape, or form next week. Greg, thank you so much for everything all season. Really appreciate it. Oh, Russ, love being with you. Thanks, my man. There he is, at Greg Cosell. Listen, you know what Greg Cosell is? He's awesome. You know what West Shore Home is? Awesome. I've told you guys this a couple times now. Westshorehome.com slash Ross. Westshorehome.com slash Ross. My daughters love their new shower. We all love the other new shower and tub that we got. I can't believe they can do stuff like that in a day. So much better than having somebody in your house for three or four days. Um, I talked with the people that own the company or like the marketing guy. And he said, a couple of you guys have, have gotten orders. You've gotten new, uh, you're going to get a new shower or bath remodeling project. It's amazing. You should, I highly recommend it. Even just a free consultation. Why would you not, if you've ever thought about it, why would you not let the guy come for free? measure everything, tell you what your options are, tell you what it would cost, then it's up to you. If you want to actually do anything about it, maybe not now, maybe sometime later, I mean, it's up to you. Go to westshorehome.com slash Ross to schedule a free consultation and get 20% off a shower or bath remodeling project. 20% is a lot. westshorehome.com slash Ross. takes.
2: All right, Ross, we'll start with the Saints who restructure safety Marcus Mays' contract to free up a little bit of cap space for them.
0: So we we dive right into it, Jack. I mean, we are already into off-season mode with some guys signing and coaching movement and the annual Saints' path to getting under the salary cap by trying to free up cap space. They're going to have to cut several dudes. They're way over the cap it's not ideal for them to
2: be trying to remain competitive. Some coordinator news. The Buccaneers hire CLC Hawks quarterback coach Dave Canales as their new offensive coordinator. You know what's funny, Jack? This
0: doesn't happen very often. I never heard of this guy, and I don't even know how to pronounce his last name. I'm going to assume you're right. I'm I gonna did go research. with research. Did you?
2: <laughs> I, for once, I, I was not having another Luan mistake, mishap there. So I, I did some research, and that's what I heard.
0: You know, you just said it wrong again, right? That that was the point. Oh, okay. okay. I just <laughs> want to make sure. want to make sure. Luan. By the way, have you seen my tweet at Ross Tucker NFL about um, being disgusted by Patrick Mahomes <laughs> chugging a beer during the parade and saying, you know, there are children that
2: are uh, look up to him that are watching? Have you seen that? I did. I actually had to stop a few of my friends from yelling at you thinking you were serious. Dude, it is an (laughs) all-timer.
0: I mean, the replies, it is just amazing. Like, there is no way you've ever listened to any of my shows or ever heard me on the radio or ever followed me on social media where I do Show Me Your Beer like twice a weekend, okay? There's no way you know anything about me. And think I'm serious. It's so funny how upset people get and how many think I'm serious. It's just incredible. I mean, let me just tell you guys, if you're not following me at Ross Tucker NFL on Twitter, you're just missing out because it is it is hilarious. Um, speaking, by the way, of beer, might as well. Lots of things are better together, Jack. Basketball, hockey, food, Skiing, beer. If you want to take things to the next level, drink some Labatt Blue Lights with your friends. Live life to the power of we. Always enjoy responsibly. Beer, Labatt USA, Buffalo, New York. I don't know. Todd Bowles, was he with Geno Smith at all with the Jets? I think very we-
2: briefly i we, think his... we gotta
0: look that up we gotta look that up. after you ask me one of these other questions look that up because i almost feel like todd bowles was with geno smith briefly with the jets and was like holy crap if this guy got geno smith to play that well he's got to be our coordinator he's got to be the guy we hire so um maybe that's why the bucks hired dave Canales as their oc because of what he got
2: out of Geno Smith this year, which is to say a lot. So they were, they did overlap in 2015. It's there, there was, I think they they're both there from 2015, 2016.
0: Yep. And so Bowles knows what Geno was like then. So he did this year. That's my offensive coordinator.
2: Parks Frazier will be the passing game coordinator for the Carolina Panthers.
0: He was the play caller for the Colts after Frank Reich left or uh, was fired. And obviously, he and Frank must have a good relationship. And just, just him calling those plays last year for the Colts just makes him so much more marketable for colleges or an NFL job like this. That's why it was so smart of him to accept and say yes, because now he's got experience calling plays in the NFL.
2: Takes. The Jacksonville Jaguars impl- apply for reinstatement of their new recently acquired wide receiver, Calvin Ridley.
0: They're going to be frisky. You know, with Zay Jones, Calvin Ridley, Christian Kirk, they bring back Evan Ingram, ETN. I mean, I think they'll, you know, Ridley will be allowed to come back. Still can't believe he bet on some games, like on his own phone, on his own app. Like I just, what is going through your head? Cost him a lot of money.
2: Tuck Stakes. The Baltimore Ravens bring back a few guys, re-signing defensive end Brett Urban and cornerback Daryl Worley.
0: Usually this means these guys are just signing for the one-year minimum. I did this in New England once. You know, it's like, hey, you want to get your spot, get your opportunity in camp. Try to lock in your role on the team before they draft somebody that, you know, that could take that spot.
2: Ducks takes. The Chicago bears finalized their purchase of land at Arlington park. Certainly seems like this is happening. <clears throat> kind of a bummer for me,
0: you know, something special about soldier field on the lake in the city. That would be a real uh, bummer for the city of Chicago. If this happens, and it certainly sounds like it's going to, and uh, there's just a lot of financial opportunity if you own your own building and you can have other events there and stuff. So totally get it. We also have some, uh, some two things before I forget. Number one, we got some winners I'm about to give out. Number two, Monday's show is an all-timer. I'm interviewing one of the 200 million people that did not watch the Super Bowl. It's going to be incredible. you got to listen or watch or whatever. i um, not sure, by the way, if that's going to be late Monday night or Tuesday morning because I'm uh, taking a long weekend with the girls not having school on Monday to, to go skiing this weekend. Um, good time for you to follow me, especially on Instagram and Facebook, at Ross Tucker NFL, for some uh, family pics. I usually don't do that on Twitter very much. Let's get some winners, Jack. I want winners. I want people that want to win. People like Ron Poliquin, P-O-L-I-Q-U-I-N, rated and reviewed the show on Spotify. It was that easy. Thank you, Ron. How about the sponsor confirmation email winner? This will probably be tweeted out one of the next three nights. Fabrizio in Italy emailed me a picture of him drinking a Labatt Blue Light in Italy watching the Super Bowl at like 1 a.m. I mean... What a life I'm living here, Jeff. I'm in central Pennsylvania talking about football in my garage by myself, and people are sending me pictures of them drinking a Labat Blue Light in Italy watching the Super Bowl. YouTube shout-out, Lori Willett. Lori, email me, Ross, at RossTucker.com. Let me know who you want the video for. By the way, anybody that has been a winner recently, I sent out all the press passes that you earned. Did the videos, everything yesterday. So I'm all caught up on the uh, the show winners. So let's get some more. Go ahead. Start to give us the five-star Spotify rating and take advantage of any of the sponsors. Shout-outs are in order. Myfrontpagestory.com. Always a good gift. scheduler.com, Evergreen Economics. Go-Bangles.com. SteakhouseSports.com. HumanHeadNYC.com. Sporterculture and the delicious Pizza Boy Brewing. Check out one of the other shows tomorrow or Saturday or whenever. We will have college draft bright and early on Monday morning. Ross Soccer Football Podcast will be a little bit later, maybe even Tuesday morning. Have a terrific, terrific weekend. Enjoy the time, hopefully, with family and friends. I think we're done here.